Greetings, ladies and gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out, space. Out, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one, An Exceptional Human, written by Chaparthing. To understand the significance of the event, you must understand one thing about our culture. For as long as the Valance have existed as an empire, we have believed ourselves superior. We believed, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that putting a lesser race under our domain was a gift akin to being blessed by the gods. We defeated natural death. We had long since developed weapons capable of producing even the strongest army to atomic dust. And to bestow a fraction of these gifts onto a race we saw as lesser was an act of charity in our eyes. Given them purpose in our empire rather than allow them to suffer alone. It was for that reason we assimilated Earth into our domain. To the public, we had saved them. And since most of our people never interacted with them to begin with, that was the end of the story. We, as an empire, had existed for thousands of years, and in that time, the Varlands people had enjoyed prosperity and peace for most of it. Horde raids and pirates were the only threat which we dealt with swiftly. The average citizen enjoyed a life devoid of stress, and only those who sought it were given responsibility. When we integrated the humans into our empire, most understood that the humans had found us and had requested to be brought into the fold so that they could survive their own nuclear exchange threatened to end the life of their planet. It was for this reason that the Varlands people was forbidden from interacting with humans on the grounds that the radiation was a risk and not to pollute their more vulnerable culture. I was an officer in training when I met my first human. In those days, the only humans that a majority of Volans encountered were chosen. Humans of exceptional mental capacity and healthy genes who had Volans DNA integrated into them at a youth and raised away from the dangers of Earth to learn to live the Volans way. It was assumed that only chosen had the ability to keep up with Volans culture. When I first met Caleb, he was a similar uniform to ours, though more pragmatic in nature. Unlike us, though, the medals on his breast were not ceremonial. Caleb had joined the academy a week later and then the rest of us. Throughout the lecture, Caleb consistently asked questions and probed the lecture for more details and hypotheticals. My fellow officers in training had a laugh at Caleb's butchered pronunciation of the violence tongue. Some even went as far as to imitate his inconsistent pace. As the year progressed and simulations began to be incorporated into the lessons, our jokes ceased. Not for lack of attributes by about Caleb to mock, but rather we were shamed into respecting him. The first simulation we practiced in was a wash. We had three scout vessels under our command and were expected to exchange in skirmishes. 
You're all confident of victory. The naval tradition of the Varlands had a rich history to study. We'd all pored over combat logs, new and old, searching for the keys to victory. I was the first pitted against a fellow officer. I recognized his maneuvers and pressed with my own. Our craft vied to get into position and bait our opponents to fall into our perfect traps. The officer adjacent to me was faced with Caleb and was confident at an easy victory. He's assembled a perfect example of a golden spear strategy and was about to inflict a decisive defeat on Caleb. But the human remained calm and carried on. I focused on my own opponent when I heard the officer cuss with vigor. Caleb had wiped out his collection of ships without suffering any major damage to his own. We rotated, now was part of where our ranking within the academy would become relevant. Each simulation lost reduced our ranks within the academy. Staying below the threshold long enough and you were dismissed. I squared up my ships for the wandering dagger attack as was expected action for fighting in a dust cloud. I prepared the maneuver and contemplated how I would coax Caleb into falling for the trap. My two bait ships feigned a probing attack to lure Caleb's ships out of cover of the dust. One of my ships was attacked by a fusion beam weapon. My bait ship moved into position. I prepared it to strike when it lost signal. I moved my other two ships to aid my third. A spread of scrambler torpedoes hit my ships, causing damage and more worryingly knocking out movement control for several minutes. All three of Caleb's ships sprang on my disjointed unit and reduced them to slag. This trend continued for that train session and every session thereafter. Of the 134 official simulation sessions that would be fought over the year, he would lose only four. My taunting halted as he rose in rank and soon Volan's tradition dictated that I, as an officer of much lower rank, bend the knee to the one superior to myself. To my surprise, Caleb accepted and we spoke at length about the topic of space warfare. It was during one of these conversations that I learned more about Caleb. He was part of the Soul Legion before he was offered a chance to enroll in the Academy. Being raised in a magistrate beta family, I had some knowledge outside of the Soul's Legion. Brave and courageous soldiers fighting alongside their Varlance benefactors for the betterment of both races. Caleb was amused by my preconceptions of the Soul Legion. His interpretation of the was far starker than mine. Hundreds of thousands of soldiers wasted in battles of attrition against dug-in opponents and suicidal defensive lines against impossible forces. He described how the enlisted soldier was treated, nutrition cubes every meal of the day, and a shot of spirits if they were to fight. He described the chosen officers who hid behind their men until they only remained. I refused to believe it and changed the subject out of courtesy. As I wandered through the halls, I pondered how a member of the Soul Legion could be so misinformed as to the nature of its operations. I'd seen the sense film of the news. They fought pirates and horde warriors in no greater number than a few thousand. This talk of a difference and planetary raids was preposterous. After the way he spoke of the brave forces that he was a part of, I distanced myself from him to allow time to contemplate his misconceptions. 
Our trainings had advanced to including more powerful craft, such as heavy and scout cruisers and escort carriers, so I didn't have time to talk to him anyways. Our battles lasted hours instead of minutes, and Caleb suffered under these grueling conditions. Unlike violence, who required two hours of meditation per hemisphere of the brain, humans required a complete neural reset of eight hours. What was tiring for us was nearly lethal for Caleb. During a joint unit operation simulation, the scenario lasted for 78 continuous hours. By the end, I was exhausted. As I walked to my meditation mat, Caleb, however, had curled up under the simulation station and slept until discovered by the janitorial staff the next day. We resumed speaking after I realized what he was enduring to remain in the academy and offered my lecture notes for the time that he had missed by sleeping. I believed the kind gesture would allow him to break through whatever ill mindset that he had befallen him. I asked him what it was like to be the chosen... He paused for a while and told me he felt like he was doing a great service to the species being here. He described the pride he felt when he joined the Soul Legion. I smiled as I saw him smile. I was unfamiliar with the intricacies of human emotion and expression, but for a simple species a smile could only mean positivity. One with the violence genes in it couldn't be that hard to read. As simulations became more and more intricate, involving irregular units, civilian craft, and detailed operations spanning dozens of systems, Caleb took it in stride, relishing the opportunity to lead so many ships. The other officers and I were overwhelmed by the number of ships to optimize our tactics for. We'd spend weeks researching prior to a mission to find strategies to adapt. Caleb, meanwhile, despite losing out on four hours a day to sleeping compared to us, was able to keep up. He struggled, of course. For the last half of the year, it was common sight to see Caleb sleeping everywhere but his bed, opting instead to pass out where he was. It was intimidating, to say the least, to see someone only part violence keeping up with us. With our entire lives, we'd been told it was impossible or lethal for a non-valance to work the same level of valance. And yet, when it came to the simulations, regardless of what tactics we found and adapted, Caleb was always ahead of us. Even when we adapted old strategies from other races, the results were the same. We'd shock him and make progress, but soon he'd be on us and wouldn't let up. Officer after officer was dropped from the course as they failed to keep up with the rank requirement thanks to Caleb. During the last week at the academy, I managed to find Caleb awake and not buried in data pads. I asked him how he was able to do it. I promised to never speak of what he told me. Caleb agreed, and we continued our conversation in the simulation room. He activated the table and assembled the default training mission. He examined my fleet and his own, followed by a mission goal. He then turned his back to the table and instructed me to make my first move. I assembled a barricade formation with an iron citadel configured capital fleet layout. He told me to move to my left. He told me to move to my fleet. He accelerated the simulation until two hours had passed. I asked him that I knew that he'd beat me and that he didn't need to rub it in. He shook his head and without looking back announced the formations and movements of my fleet. He turned around and told me bluntly that he'd beaten us before we'd begun to fight. He knew what we'd do and thus he could act accordingly. And if we did something he didn't expect, he simply probed until he learned the weakness had resumed. 
Long after he'd left to resume study, I still stood over the table and looked at the replays of Caleb's battles. As the replays became more and more recent, Caleb's fleet movements became immediate mirrors of his opponent's. Soon after we graduated, with my eyes open to Caleb's mindset, my rank improved until I graduated second only to Caleb. We were assigned squadrons across the Empire. Had nothing else happened, that would have been the end of the story. But history always knows how to keep things moving. Looking back at the whole ordeal, it was obvious that the Admiralty didn't like kindly to humans, even the chosen human commanding of violence of note. Thus, despite graduating top of the class, he was assigned to a colonial world with only a few outdated scout cruisers and a squadron of orbit patrol destroyers, while I commanded a squadron of the second fleet, the most prestigious position a green officer could receive. At the time, I simply assumed the Admiralty had a special plan for Caleb, given the disparity between his assignment and his ability. We corresponded often and consulted each other on occasion. I asked him for advice in strategy, and he needed my help commanding respect amongst his violence captains. Six months after we'd been assigned to the now infamous raid on the colonies began, pirate raids were expected but often failed to breach orbit patrol. These raids were exceptional, though. Five times the size and better equipped, in the initial rush, every colony was breached, save one. Caleb's fleet, the 516th Colonial Orbit Patrol, held their own against the fleet five times their size and outclassed them in every way. Command sent a relief force, but even by the time they arrived, the 516th was mopping up resistance. The colony celebrated Caleb as a hero worthy of the highest military honors. The human colonies got word of one of their own being hailed as a hero by the Valens and did everything but saint him. Command's hand was forced and they prepared a medal ceremony. I remember being able to attend that night and having the chance to congratulate him face to face. He was nervous, I assumed nerves, and assured him. With great hesitance, he entered the halls of the Valens Imperial Palace to receive his medal. Midway through the process, the palace put on a lockdown and Caleb was under arrest. There was chaos in the crowd until the Speaker of the Magistrate Alpha of Earth announced the charges. Interaction with non-vetted Valens, entering Valens space under assumed name, impersonating a chosen, and battlefield desertion. The crowd were in an uproar over the charges. Caleb, to my horror, accepted the charges on the condition he addressed the crowds. With a heavy sigh, he took a podium and spoke to a hundred thousand Valens and human dignitaries and tens of billions watching across the empire. He described his aspirations to join the Soul Legion to escape the mind-numbing labor on Earth. He described the way Soul Legion was depicted by propaganda and the cruelty reality. The Soul Legion had been fed to humans as a peacekeeping force when they hit two-front war empire was fighting behind the people's backs. The indentured servitude inflicted on humans to sustain the effort and how they were taught they worked just as hard as the Valance. The fronts he fought on were graves to tens of millions of unsung heroes who were led by brainwashed chosen and Valance commanders who didn't flinch to send hundreds of thousands of soldiers to the death to pad their own career or save a single Valance immortal who'd lost their divisions in suicidal charges. Caleb 
admitted to taking clothes of a fallen chosen officer and assuming his identity in order to take his place in the academy. It took a few seconds, but the nature of what he said suddenly hit me. He wasn't a chosen. He kept up with the other officers and I, but once no part of our lance. As he finished his speech, he yielded his hands to the waiting magistrate who put him in bonds. That night, Earth roared in one voice. The workers, the soldiers, the administrators, they all cried out one word. Equal. On the hundreds of worlds under the domain of the lower castes were out in numbers. They had been lied to, manipulated, and kept complacent by trivialities and ignorant by apathy. The sole legions were threatening to revolt abroad, and the lower castes were rioting within. There was nowhere for an old administration to hide. Immortals whose families benefited enormously from the continual war didn't like their chances against the sole legion who had suffered under them and were hesitant to open up on their own kind. It was as the Republic was born in the remnants of the Imperial Palace that I found Caleb again. He had his name legally changed rather than take back his old one. Two separate people as he sat down as the Senator of Earth. One senator per world so that the smallest colony and the greatest metropolis world stood equal. The luxuries reserved for the Valens were shared with the humans, freeing them from the endless labor. Looking on all of this, I was saddened to think that this institution that we'd build would someday succumb to the same corruption that we had fought against. But at the same time, it emboldened me to fight against that corruption. I didn't know what the future held, but if we faced it with a race like the humans, as our equal, I knew that we would overcome it. End of story. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode. And I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.